So, this thing looks like something from out of space if you've never been to the optometrist, but I believe it's called a phoropter. And this is something that the optometrists use to help you figure out exactly what kind of glasses you need in terms of what kind of strength does each eye need when they're trying to figure out your individual prescription. And of course it can vary for different people because I'm one of those people, I've got this evidently a this wicked astigmatism. And so that's why when I was a kid, I mean that was one of the reasons I had what we used to call Coke bottle glasses. And I'm so thankful that technology improved and so now I get to have regular looking glasses. And But used to when I was a kid, I walked around because I got my first pair of glasses when I was two and a half years old, okay? So little Greg's walking around with these Coke bottle glasses and they make my eyes look like the size of your head. I mean, uh, it was that's just that was the life that I had back in the back in the 70s and in the 80s and so uh, when I could finally get contacts when I was in high school I was so grateful but this is that machine that the, the, the optometrist will say is it better here or is it better here then he figures out that eye and then he goes to the other eye and the whole idea is to help you what it's to help you see better and so in Matthew 5, Jesus is preaching. We're going to come back to the phoropter a little while later. But in Matthew 5, Jesus is preaching. This is a section of scripture that we know as the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7 is all what we believe to be one lengthy sermon. And uh, in that sermon in, in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, Jesus says these words. He says, you are, are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So what Jesus is saying is here is, hey, you're the light of the world. Think about it for a moment. Just those words right there. You are the light of the world. In other words, if you don't bring light into the world, who's going to do it? So he's what he's telling us is, we've got a responsibility, don't we, church family? You are the light of the world. And so if you don't let your light shine, where's the world going to get its light? Because the world left to our own devices. I'm going to pause right there and take us back to some weeks ago when we talked about our battle against the flesh. That if we're left to our own devices, what kind of people are we? And that's uh, something that philosophers have, they've debated that for centuries. Are people naturally good? And there's a little bit of evil out there, or are people naturally bad? And we got to work to be good. Someone 
brought this up to me a couple of weeks ago, and I thought this was amazing. He said, you know, he said, this is why I think we're inherently bad. Left to our own devices, he said, because when he said, I've, I've raised two boys. And he said, raising these boys, he said, I never had to teach them to steal. I never had to teach them to lie. He said, there's a lot of things that they did naturally that they never had to be taught to do. Now, I thought about that for a minute, and I thought, man, he's right. He is exactly right. The things that we can figure out how to do on our own that aren't good. And that's why we think about, and I go back to this past summer, and we had adults here teaching our children the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Some of that may come a little natural to some of us. But that's stuff we got to work on, isn't it, church? And so just this idea that if we are inherently bad, and if you, if you disagree with me on that, that's okay. I'd love to have a conversation about that sometime. But if we are inherently bad, then isn't the world then inherently dark? And so if it's going to have light in it, it's up to us. Okay, the whole world, just us, Greg? No, not just the people in this room. But it's up to us as children of God, as children of light. We have a responsibility, and it's a responsibility that we have to take seriously. And so what we're talking about today is if we're going to go shine, how is it that we are going to go shine? And so I want to take a minute and look at the ways that our light is dimmed. And so before we get back to shining, let's look at what covers our lamp. Let's look at what prevents our light from shining brightly. And so in Ephesians 5, uh, we're going to pick it up in verse 1. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Live as children of light." 
so it's a reminder once again, uh, and this is a common theme we see in the New Testament, especially in the letters of Paul, that, hey, you were once this, but now you need to be this over here. Because sin is real, and you can't be walking in the light if you've got sin in your life that you've got to deal with. Because that sin is going to dim your light. And so what dims our light, church? It's sin. And so sin is something that we have to be aware of. And I love how it's translated there and it says, hey, this kind of stuff, it's just out of place. You know, you can't try to be letting your light shine one moment and then be speaking obscenities at another moment. You can't be trying to do things for the love of Jesus one moment and then do other stuff. And he names off different things. There's sexual immorality, there's greed. You know, he mentions coarse joking. He says, hey, if you're going to let your light shine... You're going to have to look at the impurities of your life. You're going to have to filter that stuff out. And you're going to have to be someone then who walks in the light. So what does it look like then to let our light shine before others? Wow. I mean, we could all come up with a list, and that's something that in your house churches tonight or this afternoon uh, that... Uh, you're going to have a chance to discuss. He has ways that you've seen others let their light shine and ways that we can let our light shine. Now I'm going to try something here. Uh, I was going to give Lindsay a head up, heads up on this and the week got away from me. And so I'm going to try to play it from my phone. But uh, I listened to a podcast called the OTP. That stands for Official Titans Podcast. And so the Titans, Tennessee Titans radio crew has a podcast that I listen to and they recap games that just took place. And then later in the week they'll preview games that are going to take place. Obviously, if you kept up with the Titans this year, you know that uh, I've not listened to a lot of the game recaps. It's just It would just be too hard and unpleasant. But uh, back in August... Back when, you know, every team has hope, right? Because the season doesn't start till September. And in August, your team is undefeated. It's training camp. And you've, you've got your fingers crossed that it's going to be a good season. And uh, Mike Heath, the play-by-play guy for the Titans, is interviewing a guy named Paul Allen. Paul Allen has been uh, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings for over 20 years now. And... Uh, Paul Allen is an interesting guy, and I love how in the middle of this interview, it just hit me, because I'm out walking at the industrial park on a sunny, well in August it was, it was a hot afternoon on that asphalt for sure, but, but nonetheless, I'm out there walking and I'm listening to this, and I, I just stop in my tracks, and I'm like, this is good, i got to use this at some point, so hello church, this is some point. 
And so I'm uh, going to try to make this work and uh, play it from my phone here. But this is, uh, it says, the OTP exclusive interview with Paul Allen. And he's basically getting uh, questioned from Mike Keith and Amy Wells about, hey, you know, your, your stock is on the rise. You know, you've had these famous people, LeBron James tweeting you, and uh, he's become known for some of his calls and, and, uh, and different different people uh, basically giving you fame. And so he gives glory to God in this interview. And I thought, whoa, this is a way that somebody just out of left field began letting their light shine before others. So let's listen to this. It's about 90 seconds long. Your appeal seems to span beyond just people who are avid radio listeners. Obviously, there's people who listen to your calls on the radio, and you are the eyes to the game. Um, But you're getting people like Pat McAfee who are shouting you out. And so then there's that whole other generation of people who are engaging in sports in a completely different way who are also looking up your calls. That's got to be kind of crazy, right? That's unbelievable. And, and, you know, as a dedicated, bona fide Christian. Uh, The only way I can look at that is God has put me in a position where 28 to 30 years in my career, and I did not go to college, and the life I lived when I called races in San Francisco was quite lascivious, and I sin every single day, so I'm not sitting here trying to beat Billy Graham. However, um, you know, at 22 years in the NFL, 25 years with KFAN Radio, and 28 years calling races here, 30 overall, the fact that through last year, with some things that Pat McAfee did via his podcast, LeBron James eventually tweeted me, and then McAfee this year, that God has my star ascending and my following growing this far into my career is breathtaking. And that's the only way to put it, is I'm just so moved and touched by the love that I receive, uh, and, and the Bible is very important to me from God, that I serve. I mean... He has given me the gift of hospitality. And the best thing I can do when I crack Okay, I'm going to stop it right there then. So he says that God has given me the gift of hospitality. So he knows what one of his gifts are. But you listen to the way that he just, you know, it's a, it's a 30-something minute interview. And it's all been about sports. And then right there he sees the opportunity. He seizes on that opportunity to say, okay, here's, here's the open door. And he says, you know what? Glory to God. You know, he says, At this far into my, rear, into my career, my, my star is on the rise. He said, glory to God. He says, I've been given the gift of hospitality. And, you know, you hear him mention God. You hear him mention the Bible. You hear him mention that he's a bona fide Christian. You hear him mention that he sins every day. And see, that is an authentic way to approach it. That you're not saying, hey, I'm better than other people because I'm a child of God. You say, listen, on my best day, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And praise God that he has loved me enough that he has forgiven me because he mentions his past, doesn't he? You heard him right there, boy. Back in my days when I was in San Francisco calling races, oh, the life that I lived back then. And so what he's he's telling us, I once was this, 
and praise God only because of Him, only because of His love, only because of His willingness to forgive, that I am now this over here. And it's transformation. And I used to make the mistake of thinking that transformation was up to us. And no, transformation is about us being obedient and transformation is about us submitting to God and it's God and God alone who does the work of transformation in our lives but it starts with us being willing to deal with the sin in our lives doing everything we can to leave that life behind recognizing that we still fall short and we still need God's grace. But then right there in a football interview of all places, he was able to let his light shine. Now, most of us don't have that kind of microphone. Most of us are not, you know, he's a guy who is incredibly well known in Minneapolis and in the state of Minnesota and among Minnesota Vikings fans. He's not the most famous guy in the world, but in the sports arena now, now he's known a little bit more on a more on a broader, more national level. And so that brings it back to us. What do we do? What can we do to let our light shine? And so what I want to do now is I want to, as we go back to our Ferropter example, I want to give us a clearer lens through which we can look at the ways in which we can let our light shine. And I want to take us back to the beginning of this beautiful sermon in Matthew chapter 5. And looking at this section known as the Beatitudes. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so when you go through that list, and you're looking at all that, and you're thinking, okay, there are ways in which some of those people that Jesus describes are people who need a blessing from someone else. Someone else needs to shine their light on those people. And then there are people in the Beatitudes there that Jesus describes. And he says these are people who are letting their light shine. Someone who's a peacemaker, for example. A peacemaker. Someone who will be called 
called a child of God is letting their light shine. Someone who is poor in spirit needs a pick-me-up, don't they? They need somebody to shine their light on them. They need somebody to listen to them. They need a hug. There's lots of ways you can do that. But church family, we read through that list of the Beatitudes. It's a lot of people who need a blessing and it's examples of people's people who are the blessing. And so then we have to decide how we're going to be a blessing to others. And no, we are the light of the world, yes, but we're not responsible for the whole world. But we're responsible for right here. We're responsible for Hohenwald, Tennessee. We're responsible for Lewis County. And maybe in your day-to-day occupation, maybe you talk to people in other parts of the country. Maybe you see just a few people each day. Maybe you talk to a whole bunch of people. But whether it's our occupation, whether it's at the grocery store, wherever we're doing, wherever we are, We have the opportunity, church family, to let our light shine before others. Jesus doesn't suggest it. He says, go do it. It reminds me of the end of the movie City Slickers that came out, I don't know, 30 years ago. When... uh, Billy Crystal's character is talking to Jack Palance's character, this this cowboy named Curly. And Curly looks at him and he says, Man, he says, you all, you all come out here about the same age. And he said, Your lives are messed up. And he said, You spend two weeks out here on the open range, because they've been they've been driving cattle. You pay thousands of dollars to go out west and then help them drive cattle for a couple weeks. And he says, what you got to figure out is that one thing. He said, you got to figure out that one thing. And when you figure it out, that's the secret to life. And the guy's talking to him, he says, well, what's the one thing? He says, no, you got to figure that out. What's your one thing? Of course, as a child of God, the one thing that we need is Jesus. But then after you have Jesus... Then you've got to figure out, how is it that God has equipped me and blessed me to let my light shine before others? Paul Allen mentioned, he says, I've been gifted with hospitality. He said, that's, that's my gift. And I use that to glorify God. And so we got to figure out what has God equipped us with? What are the ways that we can let our light shine before God? How can we brighten our corner of this dark world? But Jesus doesn't suggest it. He says, go do it. And so it's our responsibility, church, to leave this room and go out and shine. If you're with us this morning 
and you are not yet a child of God, the light of Jesus is not yet in you, then we give you the opportunity to come forward this morning to say, I do believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then you can begin your walk. You begin your journey with the Lord. If you're with us this morning and you've got issues that are weighing on you, maybe how you've been living, or maybe it's just you're overwhelmed right now and you could use the prayers of this congregation, then for that same reason we invite you to come forward if you'd like and we will pray with you or for you about whatever that concern is. Let's stand together and sing.